Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international bestselling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cop of murder. A rumor can do a lot more damage than most think. On May 22nd, 1997, a man took his life when cornered by police after spending the last hours of his life getting rid of anyone who dared to call him a homosexual. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Janilda Ferreira de Franca, born in what is now Santo Antonio do Putengi, Brazil, served in the 7th Battalion of Combat Engineers in Natal until January of 1990, gaining an affinity for weapons and marksmanship along the way. He also owned his own grocery store, was married twice, and had three children. While this seems like nothing out of the ordinary, Janilda was described by those who knew him as unpredictable, with outbursts of anger that left him completely out of control and oftentimes full of threats. An attitude that only worsened when Janilda watched his son get run over by a taxi and the driver walk away without any punishment. That same year, 1995, Janildo and his wife, Monica, separated for about a month, during which time she told her family that the reason for the separation was that her husband was a homosexual, claiming that she caught him in bed with another man. This rumor spread rapidly throughout the town, and soon everyone, especially his father-in-law, started to talk about the sordid details of his private life. Janildo was furious. So much so that he started to threaten not just violence, but murder, claiming he had nothing left to live for with his son and his honor both gone. He called a local funeral home to order his own coffin and invited a friend to come dig his grave. Worried, this friend called the local police who searched his home and seized two handguns and about 200 rounds of ammunition. Despite his threats and the constant mention of suicide, Janildo sat in his anchor, opening a bar called Lurie's Bar in honor of his son. Unfortunately, much to his dismay and due in large part to his wife's rumors, the bar became a hot spot for homosexuals, turning away customers he deemed more acceptable. The business went bankrupt and Janildo started both dealing and smoking marijuana, as well as selling off equipment from the bar to buy back his personal arsenal. 
All of it was becoming too much. His son's death, his crumbling marriage, the rumors, and the failed businesses. He felt his life was crashing down around him and was prepared to make others pay the price. Over the course of a year, Janilda Ferreira de Franca, then 27, made plans to get even with those in his life whom he felt had wronged him. He scouted the area for a place to lure his victims and told his newest lover, 16-year-old Valdenisi Ribeiro da Silva, two weeks before the planned shootings, that he was going to drive around the city to kill everyone who owed him something and take her hostage at the end so she could tell everyone what had happened. That they would escape so he could watch the chaos unfold after his crimes and hopefully be interviewed by popular TV host, Josimar Gomez de Silva and explain once and for all that he was not gay. He had a list of about 20 people that he wanted to make pay. And on May 21st, 1997, he made his plans a reality. Dressed in a camouflage vest and armed with a semi-automatic pistol, 38 caliber revolver, and a plethora of ammo, a hunting knife, and a nylon bag, Janildo made his way to a remote area where he killed 37-year-old taxi driver Francisco Marquez Carniero, who was dating his now ex-wife, and helped to spread the rumors about his sexuality. He placed Francisco's body in the trunk of his car and drove to meet with a friend, Francisco de Asis Ramos dos Santos, who, along with Valdenisi, joined him on a ride. In reality, both had just become accomplices to Janildo's deadly rampage, threatening their lives and the lives of their families if they tried to stop him or escape. Francisco would be the one to hold back the arms of Janildo's victims so he could shoot them without issue. Next, they drove to the home of 28-year-old Elias Dos Años Pimenta, who joined the trio as they all drove to Janildo's father-in-law's home. Janildo ordered Baltazar Jorge de Sa, 43, and Elias to kneel on the ground and shot them both to death. Next, they moved on to the home of Manuel Brito Marscolino, a farmer with whom Janildo had an argument with, and demanded that he stop spreading rumors about his manhood. Then asked if he would help them buy a shotgun, and 38-year-old farm worker Joao Maria Silva de Lima offered to join them. Both men were killed for spreading the rumors. The trio then drove into town and invited 29-year-old Edelson Carlos dos Nascimento to a party. The man his wife claimed she caught him sleeping with. Just before shooting him, Janildo yelled, Now I want to see you saying that you screwed me before shooting him to death. His accomplices would later state that Janildo was laughing maniacally while killing each of his victims. And he wasn't done yet. He left Francisco de Asis Ramos dos Santos behind and made his way to his own home, where he approached his wife, Monica, 19, who was chatting with her brother, Erasmo Fidelis de Sa, and shot them both hitting Monica three times. He then told Erasmo to leave, since he had nothing against him, and took the couple's eight-month-old son, Mateus, to his cousin, telling her to watch the baby because his wife was sick. As night began to fall, Janildo went looking for William Duarte Nombre Jr., whose car just so happened to break down, keeping him from coming home, and went to several members of his family to say his goodbyes. As the 21st of May gave way to the 22nd, Janildo was far from done with his mission. He then went to the home of his parents, Jose Ferreira and Maria de Como, took them around to the backyard and leveled his weapon at their chests. 
That's when his brother Jenelson came out and asked him why he would want to kill his mother and father. He replied that he didn't want them to suffer from the embarrassment of his actions and thought that this was saving them from the heartache. As he continued to point the gun at his parents, military police sergeant Francisco de Assis Bezerra and soldier Ilton de Lima Caraco, who were searching for the rampage killer, arrived at the scene, forcing Janildo to change his target and fatally shoot Francisco, just 38 years old, twice in the head. Abandoning his plans to kill his parents, Janildo returned to his father-in-law's home, where he went looking for Erasmo's three daughters, who were already in school at the time. He then killed his mother-in-law, 41-year-old Teresa Carlos Ribeiro, before moving on to the home of his 24-year-old ex-wife, Maria Valdit Rafael da Costa, where he killed her, her 46-year-old mother, Francisca Niede Rafael da Costa, and took their 5-year-old daughter and walked back to his own home. They then searched for a neighborhood man whom Janilda suspected was spreading the rumors of his sexuality, but instead came across 22-year-old Flavio Silva de Oliveira, a mute man who was fast asleep when Janildo shot him once for making a hand gesture indicating his homosexuality. He also shot to death a 42-year-old truck driver named Fernando Correa de Souza, who was parked in front of a nearby home. The last to die at the hands of this rage killer was 18-year-old messenger Antonio Hosenberg Campello, who witnessed the murder of the policemen the day before and also cast doubt on Janildo's sexuality. Almost 24 hours and 14 victims later, Janildo Ferreira de Franca was surrounded by 120 police officers trying to close in on him. He initially escaped them by hiding in a school and in several homes, but was eventually surrounded at a banana plantation just two kilometers from his home. At that point, he let Valdenice, Ribeiro de Salva, and his daughter go, and Janildo ended the rampage by shooting himself with his revolver and engaging in a police shootout until they realized he was already dead. In a suicide note found after the rampage, Janilda Ferreira de Franca asserted that, yet again, that he was not a homosexual man and hoped the letter would advise the public to not bear false witness against others. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on May 23rd. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.